and welcome to another edition of the Jersey Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast by fans for fans, where all the content is absolutely free. Coming to you in association with Forest Precision Engineers. I'm your host tonight, Brian Archer, and as always, guys, we'd encourage you to get onto the Jersey website and check out our forums for all your latest Rangers news and discussion over at jersey.co.uk. And as we close in on 6,000 subscribers, we'd also ask you to share the pod on social media, spread the word, tell your friends and family, tell people you don't know. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, that way you'll never miss an episode. Uh, before I introduce my guest for tonight, I need to give another mention to our partners over at Forest Precision Engineering. They are a Glasgow-based engineering company who have been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for a number of years, and we're delighted to have them supporting the pod. If you want more information about them, please visit their website over at www.forestenge.com. They also have a stunning executive lounge in the Ibrox main stand. And for more information on that, please email the club at hospitalityrangers.co.uk. Right, now I bring in my guest for tonight, and there's only one man that I would have to accompany me on my Jersey live pod hosting debut, and that is the stats guru himself, Alex Anderson. Alex, I feel like we've seen a lot of each other recently, but how are you doing? Not bad, mate. Not bad. Well, that stats guru, I can say it's three pods in the trot, three three pods in seven days. So that's 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 the first stat to start with. Uh, not bad, mate. It's been good fun, and you were, of course, you were my guest, my first time live hosting. So uh, we must be doing something right. Um, and I, I, I hate there's nothing worse than somebody who every time you give them a compliment, they can I go no, no, that's no true. But I need to keep knocking back this uh, stats guru thing. I've been seeing all this stuff about. Uh, was it Nicholas Raskin? Um, or the, the XGs and all this, I, I have no idea. But somebody said he's, he's a six, and I was thinking, well, he's six fit. He got six goals a season. What six million is going to cost? Is it no? He's a CM on a D. What's a CM on a D? Apparently, he's just a wee guy. He runs about the midfield, getting stuck in. That that I can understand. That's a level of my knowledge, mate. How are you doing yourself anyway? You're right. I'm good. I'm good. Well, maybe go on to talking about Nicholas Raskin a bit later. Yeah. But um, unlike last week's preview pod, this week we. We do have a midweek game to discuss, so we'll kick off with looking back at our trip to Rugby Park. Uh, we spoke a lot about this on our preview pod last week about which team that Bill would go with. Was there any surprises for you? Um, you could probably you could maybe say Scott Wright. Um, his omission was a was a surprise given that he was put forward to do the presser uh, the day before, but that yeah. seems to be becoming a thing we we Bill. Um, I wasn't surprised that John McLaughlin was his goal in goals despite. Um, despite as being told on the, the day before's presser that um, Alan McGregor was the best goalkeeper in Scotland, he was going to be picked for most games on the because it's getting to that kind of situation. You're you're reading between the lines with Michael, um, but I, I I have to apologise, hold my hands. I was saying I thought it was a start to be Ryan Jack. You know, I know he played 120 minutes against um, Aberdeen the semi final at Hamden, but I thought it was worth starting with. Um, because number one, he played so well in that game. Um, I think you, you've got to maintain a tempo. I think you've, sometimes you've got to let it kind of breathe if you do really well. Um, and again, or, or you get a good result, a player has a good game, get him starting the next game. And if he's, he needs a rest, well, you can take him off and hopefully you're, you're at least on top in the game. You know, if not two or three goals up. Um, Tillman, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't really surprised. But I would prefer to have seen him starting. Basically, I would have went with the same team that started at Hamden, I think. But Listen, it all worked out well in the end. But as I say, Jack, Bill mentioned it in his presser today. You know, he's got an ongoing kind of injury concern. So uh, the, the pitch there at Rugby Park it wouldn't wouldn't suit him. But I think I was also thrown in terms of that because I can't help remembering. Well, Rugby Park is a bit of a nightmare venue for us over the last five or six years. Whenever Kilmarnock have been in the top flight at the same time as us. 
And um, we went there in 55. Luckily, it was almost like Kamarika ended up in the bottom half. We wanted to go to Robbie Park once during the 55 season and Ryan Jack quarterbacked that game something magnificent that day. So I have this image of Ryan Jack being magnificent on the plastic at Kilmarnock. So I got kind of uh, obsessed that he hadn't started. And when we were struggling, I thought it's because we hadn't played uh, Ryan Jack. But as I say, it all worked out in the end, mate. So that was the main thing. Yeah, it did well work out in the end, but it was another poor start to a game. But we can see an early goal, and in the, for the first 15 to 20 minutes, I thought we looked way off it, to be honest. Um, and this Rangers team seemed to have a unique ability to make relegation-threatened teams look like Real Madrid at the moment in the open stages. <laughs> um, what do you think there's a reason for that, or for these poor starts? And how do you think Michael Beale fixes it? I know he kind of alluded to it at his press conference today, but... Do you think he's kind of, he's obviously aware of it, do you think he's kind of got a bit of a plan how he fix it? Do you think it's maybe just a case of tightening up more time on the training pitch or what? Uh, it's good that he puts it, he puts it out there. I think it, the one the one good thing, yeah, well, there's many good things, obviously, but Bill, you know, mostly that he's, he's winning most of his games uh, that he's been in charge so far. But one of the good things about him is he's, he faces up to any problems. He's the kind of first one. I remember when we scored those two goals of, um, up at Pataudry in injury time. I think all of us were a bit huffy. The, the funniest thing about that game was everybody that was watching that game up at Pataudry, reading the comments on social media, going by my own reaction, when we equalised to make it two each, like in the 95th minute, Everybody was just like, yeah, so what? <laughs> no, I mean, don't yeah. care about a draw, still yeah. two points. But when we then scored again two seconds later, the whole of uh, Berdom was going absolutely mental, except for Michael Beale. You can see standing there just thinking, yeah. nah, this, uh, yeah. never mind the result, the performance is garbage. So he definitely acknowledges these things and he's, he's obviously working on it. I think it's muscle memory, if I'm honest, Brian. I think not just uh, the, the, the tail end of uh, Gio's reign when the, the players were clearly kind of just disenchanted with Gio and his methods. I think it's also it's something a lot of, a lot of Rangers fans have been criticising or, or diagnosing. This is the diagnosis they've been given for any problems we've had of late is that so many players have been there for so long um, and they've only had, in the eyes of a lot of Rangers supporters, they've only had one successful season, most of this squad being the 55 season, which is crazy given that we uh, you know got to a European final last year and won the Scottish Cup and qualified for the Champions League this season, which was a massive thing. But I think it's there's, there's too much, too many bad memories almost from to slip back into almost taking the pitch at Rugby yeah. Park, even taking the pitch at Ibrox. It's just instantly you're back in that mode where you've been lately. You've not been playing well. The crowd's been on your back, and I think they're just slipping back into it. But the beautiful thing is, is I think in terms of analysing Beale's influence, is it's almost kind of laboratory test conditions. You can see them being the bad team they were under Gio at the end, the, the bad team they were even at times under Beale and Gerrard. But you can also see, you can see then how Beale has made a difference because they play their way back into the game. You know, um, he's obviously telling them to play in a different style and what have you. He's got, you know, Kent moving about, Lundstrom sitting between the two centre-halves, etc. for like a starting position. Wee things like that you can see. But the, the main thing you can see is them dragging themselves out, this kind of torpor they've been in. Now, is that all cliche, you know, kind of old adage about uh, confidence being something that you, you know, you, you gain in inches, but you lose it in, in yards, you know, you, you lose it in feet, probably. <laughs> We've certainly, the confidence has seeped out of our feet uh, over the last few games, but we're, over the last few uh, uh, months, but it's, it's, it's coming back slowly. And uh, I think he's definitely attacking it. It's almost like they need Michael Beale to be, like we're joking about last week, you know, they should have headphones on, on the park where he could be talking yeah. to them. But yeah. I think what everybody's thinking is, well, if they can come back at the start of the second half and they've had a word from you and that's helped them, how can you not have that same word with them at the beginning of the game? You know, because yeah. it's really apparent. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of the opposite. They started really well against Aberdeen at Hamden, you know, and, but didn't get a goal yeah. from it. 
And that seems to be one yeah. of the things we don't often get a goal from our periods of pressure, but opposition teams get ripped into this for five minutes and they get a goal straight away, yeah. you know, as Kumar did yeah. the other night. So there's a, there's a fragility about it, but we seem to be working our way out of it. Yeah, no, you're right to say we're working our way out of it. I thought after the kind of initial 15, 20 minutes, I felt we got a grip of the game and settled down a bit. The equaliser came in the 23rd minute. Now, before we come to speak about the goal scorer, I want to get your thoughts on Fashion Takala. Provided the assist, we had a really clever run to get in behind. Somewhat surprisingly, we got a bit of an kind of important player for us since Beal took over. Um, and he's really started to make that right-hand side attacking role his own. Um, I know there was a section of the support club, myself included, that felt we should maybe sell Sakala and that he wasn't good enough. But is this another example of the need to give players time to find their feet at Rangers? I know people say we'll never get time at Rangers, but I'm certainly thinking in Sakala's case, you know, he's been in and out of the team, he's been moved positions, he's been played wide, he's been played up front, he's never really had a settled role, but is this just another example of that kind of need for patience? Yeah, it's also a need for players to be given a chance to prove that they can do something. Um, I think Sakala, and it always it helps that it was Beal was part of the team, the, the management team that brought Sakala to Ibrox in the first place. Um, yeah. So they probably had an, an idea of how to utilise him. Beal would have been heavily involved, you would hope, in the decision to bring him here. But I thought it was absolutely fantastic, Donnie. You're absolutely right. He's become the kind of... Uh, if we want to take these, what is it, eight games now, eight competitive games under Bill, that kind of mini season, he's the maybe the most improved player of the season. I think there's a case for saying maybe Kent has been the best, um, both yeah. in, in terms of improvement and also what he actually gives to a game. But Sakala would be pushing him close to be the best player uh, under Bill so far. It was, I think, case in point the other night. Not only did he have that magical turn, you know, turning big ass Taylor uh, for the for the first goal and the beautiful ball he played across to the back post for Alfie. He's involved in the other two goals as well, just by dint of his running. It's Ryan, Ryan Kent is trying to pick out Fashion Sakala um, before the ball eventually comes back to Ryan Kent when he, when, he, when he goes through in the 51st minute, 52nd minute for our second goal. When Ryan Kent goes through, it's Sakala he's aiming for because Sakala has made a long busting, fantastically perceptive run. And um, he's on the move the whole time when that ball, before we, we, you know, we're kind of faffing about, but before we eventually put it in the net. Sakala's offering himself all the time and it's the same he's he plays a lovely ball into the kind of centre of the Kilmarnock box on the move on the run um, for the build, in the build up to our, to our third goal and again he's Alfie's going kind of between the two posts Sakala's getting himself over at the back post his positional sense is fantastic I know sometimes he's he's shooting can be a bit erratic you know, a bit comical uh, at times yeah, yeah. but um, I don't like I've got to admit this maybe makes him a bit oh God overly PC or whatever uh, but I, and, and, and Michael Beals is guilty of it as anybody else it's not it's not badly meant but I think this whole thing about oh he's a lovely smiley character it's borderline racist at times it's the kind of it's almost that kind of I don't know imperial kind of idea of what we want people from Africa to behave like it's, it's quite sinister I find at times I think it's also BS I think it's also Fashion Sakala he, he's happy to play along with that he is a bubbly character he is an upbeat guy but I think he's hard as nails somebody to hold back like that yeah. um, be, be kind of pushed out of the team and come back the way he has ready to go he's always ready to go it's a guy who's got a hat trick at Fur Park for his last season yeah. not many Rangers players get hat tricks these days um, and we're getting to a point the other night it was a case of Alfredo Morales gets two goals, Ryan Kent gets one, and we've got somebody absolutely doing the business on that wide right role. This is the way it was supposed to be. This is the way it was supposed to be for years, you know, for two, three yeah. seasons. We've all been super frustrated. And it's just typically at the point where people are starting to give it, get rid of Morales, get rid of Kent, 
that the two that they're all coming they're all coming back in together and that that wide right role shown why uh, Scott Wright didn't get a game the other night. Um and I think Fashion Sakala has been a, a, a revelation and I'm really happy for him. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Now, the half time level, I was fairly relaxed and again we came out for the second half with renewed confidence confidence and dynamism in our play. I felt and we spoke about the ranking goal there, I thought, you know, he did really well to make space in the box. After it looked like the initial chance might have gone, um, I thought he did really well to kind of make some space for himself and then finish. And again, it seems like this team really reacts to a talking to from the manager at halftime to get it, to kind of get it going again. We've seen that in previous games under Bill Hibbs at Ibrox and thinking again, we saw it up at Tannadice. Do you think that speaks to Bill as a manager and his ability to make kind of tactical changes at the break? Or is it more of a concern that they're actually needed in the first place? A uh, good question, um, and I really don't have an answer because it's it's spot on. And I think it's going to take a few more months uh, before we before we, we know for sure. Because the one thing I would say, it, it looks good just now. It looks at you know the, the fact they can diagnose problems at half time and they come out. I mean, we come out the second half early and we did dominate. And that's I, mean, I know it's this is what happens when we do three three pods in a week. I end up saying the same things again. But I said to Colin as well on a post match pod at Hamden uh, last Sunday. We have a good forty five minutes every game. I would say it's around about forty five minutes that we play the way we want Rangers to play, and it's how we've been spreading that forty five minutes throughout the ninety or throughout the hundred and twenty as it was at Hamden. Um, and I think we come back into the game as you say when Al- when Alfie scored that goal the other night. Uh, well, literally come back into because we equalised, but. We- It'd be a panicky start, a terrible start. We were awful. But then, he, you know, we're playing back into the game and we come back out the second half, that first, right from the off. It was, they were right at it. They were totally dominating. We actually missed quite a lot of chances. We're, we're making bad choices, as we've been wanting to do, um, especially Ryan Kent. There's a lot of talk about how Ryan Kent um, makes the wrong decisions. He's a cracking player, Ryan Kent. Total quality, all the technical ability, all the running, all the commitment. But he just makes the wrong choices every now and then. And even before his goal, he made the wrong choice uh, in the, the pass. He tried to make the fast and Sakala. It eventually comes back to him when he scores. But we went at it. We didn't let that get us down. We kept going. And that's all we're, that's all we're looking for. That's why Sakala is such a, a revelation just now. He's such a breath of fresh air because he's making his... This is the stuff we've been looking for. Under Geo, it was a horseshoe. It was a bit stagnant at times. We, we looked a bit curtailed. Um... But we've just been out there and just got stuck in, not let prop, not let kind of misses or you know bad passes put us off. We've just kept up this momentum, so it's great that Bill can make them do that. But I think I think maybe I'm misremembering this, but I think it was the same thing under Geo, and it's almost like because we had seven league wins in the trot yeah. when Geo yeah. first started, those you know yeah, a draw at Leon, a win over Sparta Prague, you know I think it was his first nine games, everything was rosy under Geo, and we're now yeah. getting it's the ninth competitive game for for Bill on on Saturday. Um, at least, well, at least this time we don't want a break to ruin it. That's I mean, I that, that is exactly it. That's exactly it. And, and I think as Chris Boyd was saying the other night as well, it's when where Gio started slipping up, where his run started coming to an end, was a bad draw at Petodre, a bad draw at Dingwall, you know, and then obviously yeah. getting tanked off Celtic, where his you know Bill's already dealt with those fixtures. You know, it's as well. Even Hibs at Ibrox can be difficult for us. League yeah. Cup semi-finals can be difficult for us. He's got through all these awkward fixtures, so. Um, I'm just I just won't be 100 percent sure for the last few games yet, but I think I think Geo could sort us out at half time as well. That happened a lot. Yeah. And I think they need to yeah, sometimes players yeah. when they particularly Geo's the same situation. He's coming mid-season, he's joining the team mid-season. Yeah. So the players are in our mold, they've been set up in pre-season to play a certain way. So they need to be reminded whether the, what they were doing the first half of the season or the other manager was good or bad, 
it's in their, it's in their legs. They need somebody to remind them sometimes. No, this is the way you're supposed to be playing now, you know, because it's hard to get it out of your system, you know, playing under a different manager. But um, I, I think he's, he's definitely doing the business so far. And as long as he keeps getting the results, obviously he gets he gets more than the benefit of the doubt. We're, we're, we're right behind him just now. Yeah. Now, Alfie finished the, the Rangers scoring with a header after a quality delivery by Barisic, who I thought had a pretty decent game after the horror show for the Aberdeen goal last weekend. Uh, I wouldn't have been shocked to see Divine start, if I'm honest. Now, look at Alfie. I thought that was his best game in recent weeks. Um, he seemed to have a bit of that old kind of Morelos devilment back in his game. He was giving it to the Kelly fans after he scored. They were having a bit of a tussle with Armstrong. Could this just signify the return to the kind of old Alfie that we know and love? Is that maybe him just getting a bit of that back? I certainly hope so. I think he's been... You know, I'm... I'm... It's like Ryan Kent, I could never really lose faith. I never could I could never really let him go. I could never really write off Ryan Kent. I was as frustrated as anybody else that he wasn't getting the numbers. They always talk about the numbers, you know. But I think I think you see Ryan Kent's involvement in uh, Ryan Jack's goal at Hamden last week. It's absolutely magical. And I think but it goes to Alfredo before it goes to Jack. So he doesn't get a number, so to speak. And this was happening to Morelis during fifty five season. People he's not getting goals, he's not getting assists, but if you watch the games he was yeah. he was the assist to the assist. He was yeah. making the space for the other striker to score, whatever you know, whoever else would score the goal. So, uh, I think Ryan Jack and Ryan Kent, um, sorry Ryan Kent particularly, I was on board with him. Alfie, it was easier. He was just starting to get so frustrated. You can see him physically not caring. So many times it's happened in his Rangers career that he's not even turned up for games. He cost us the Scottish Cup, um, you know, in Gerard's second season, you know, away to Hearts. Uh, he didn't, you know, didn't he turn up. Had to be dropped uh, after we basically because we'd won away in Braga without him. He was suspended, so he's going to end a big huff with us. You know, some of the stuff he's done is terrible. Yeah. But when he does that, it's almost annoying. And I think that's a big thing with a lot of Rangers supporters just now, myself included. You just want things to be. Why does Kamaruf get injured all the time when he's so good? You know, why does Alfie behave like that when he could be so good? Just go out there and do your best. You know, and we forget he's a you know he's a guy that obviously struggles with his English. And he's a long way from home and all that. And there's a different way of doing things in South America. One of them being yeah, a way to get an opposition crowd in South America is if you can get one of their players sent off, which is what he did with the very first the very first few seconds of the game. And I'm never sure about that. You know, yeah. the, the kind of British way of thinking, you know, Presbyterian, whatever you want to say. It's like, you know, you shouldn't be hitting the deck straight away trying to get opponents sent off. That's that's no way to get in South America it is. Um, yeah. but I feel as if I feel as if he was trying I, I was convinced he was trying to get himself sent off. But I sent out a tweet at the time, you know, just before he scored saying, Is this Alfie? Doing that bit of bam pottery that we need, you know, we need somebody who can get down and dirty with his opposition yeah. teams. He's no good at it, he's not subtle at fills. But I thought when he scores the goal, obviously, you know, that helps his case. And you're like, yeah, he was, he's, he's on the edge. And I think that's something that a few times, a lot of times he's been he's he's, he's been totally negligent. Like we're playing against Derek McInnes' team the other night. We played against Graham Shinney uh, last Sunday for Aberdeen. And, and McInnes' is Aberdeen, remember them coming to Ibrox and Alfie trying to hit that stupid foul. Just like, look at me yeah. hitting, you know, uh, yeah. Graham Shinney. And it's like, no, if you're going to do that, take the guy out to play all together. He's, no, he's terrible yeah. at fouling people. He's terrible at even just putting the boot in. He's terrible at the reasons The reasons he gets red cards are pathetic. You know, they don't do us any good. But I think there's been times where, I remember a game, the game at Tannadice during the 55 season where we won up there and we were under pressure. And the big fella, Alfredo, he gets sighted 
um, by the compliance officer later. It wasn't picked up by the referee at the time because we didn't have VAR at the time. Um, but there was a big, I can't remember the guy's name, I don't think he's at United anymore, but I think Irish fella, and he was putting himself about, he was putting about, and he was causing a lot of problems. Um, basically, he would have probably been sent off by VAR before the incident, and Alfie goes up and just sticks one on him. And yeah. it's like, it was needed. We only won that in game 2-1. And the, the, the Irish fellow was quiet after that. You know, yeah. he did. I think sometimes we need them behaving that way. I was the other night. I'm like, why do you keep? You know, why do you keep having a go at the command? They're all wee wains in that East Stand at Rugby Park. You've got because Clancy's actually got a hold of them saying, "Don't yeah, do that." Yeah. I never mind. Hey, get off! It's just. I, it's just, I had flashbacks to the Motherwell one where they exactly, get sent off for giving the gesture. That's it. You know, um, but um, I don't think it was much he got away. He just played himself into the game. He enjoyed himself. Um, certainly after that he was he was still gesturing them when he got his second goal but it was lovely to see he loves scoring against Kilmarnock the stats tell us that but uh, I think I think what Beal's been saying about Impressors how he's injured he's actually been coming Yeah, he looks fat to us and I've certainly been criticising him for that which is totally hypocritical given the state of me but I, I think he's I, I think he really needs a bit more understanding just now I think he is trying he's, he's got suit for Beal and I think he yeah. You look. I was harsh last week. I thought he was looking slow and all that last week, but I watched the game yeah. back in the cold light of day, the Aberdeen game at Hamden, and he was really was involved. Not just in the, the, the set up for what equalising goal for Ryan Jack. He's he is the pinpoint of that attack. He certainly does give us something else, uh, a different dimension that nobody else uh, at Ibrox can, just now can can give us. So I, I just hope I hope it's turn, the turnaround, mate, um, and we, we get a few more goals from him. I think we'll all be back on board the Alfie bus. Yeah, and one of the potential issues on the horizon is that um, both goal scorers being out of contract in the summer. Now, is this a case of we should do all we can to get both tied up, or is it maybe a case of having to choose one over the other? I mean, losing both on a free would leave a huge and expensive void to fill in the team. Do we need to think about, is it maybe a case of having to choose one or other, or should we just be trying to do all we can eh, to keep both of them? And I wonder if that's why Alfie is playing playing a bit better because it's January that's the other thing you know we, we can't he is a, a bugger you know you can't you, you can't rely on him you know and Stephen Gerrard made you know basically said that as well we know why he plays well in the Europa League nobody's kidding themselves yeah. on that he's not wanting a bigger move but if he, thinks, if he thinks he's not in danger of getting no move then he's he, he's going to um, start doing the business in January um, I'd hate the idea that he just fades away again in February because yeah he's got me thinking yeah keep Alfie and I think Kent's a definite I think he's the more likely as well, despite the noises he was making um, yeah. in that post-match interview in Sky uh, on Wednesday night. I think he, it sounds like he's he's ready to sign on. He obviously, he's, he's known Michael Beale uh, for years since the Liverpool youth system, and you know the first time he was at Ibrox. So, and and obviously Michael Beale is getting the best out of him as well. So, I would love to see Ryan Kent uh, staying, and I think there's a. Ch- it looks like you know more than likely he will. And I would go with Big Alfie as well. What the hell? Give him another go. You know, I, I would I would definitely get him signed up and I think I don't think it's either or with them I think you would want to have the two of them and I think it's going to be Glenn Kamara you know goes to maybe can I help finance that or a, you know, the Raskin move or whatever um, and we've got enough other not dead wood but we've, there's, there's other players that we can get off the wage bill uh, who look likely to come off the wage bill Beals confirmed that we're going to have a clear out in the summer uh, more or less yeah. last, in a presser last yeah. week so I think it'll be other people who go you know, um, it won't. Uh, and right now, I've got to say, I'd be absolutely devastated if Kent went, and and I want Alfie to stay as well. But I think I think they both will. Yeah, no, I hope so. I really hope so. Um, now, one player from Kamara that I wanted your thoughts on is 
Danny Armstrong, who until he gets sent off in the second half, um, I felt we had a more than decent game. And in the first half in particular, it was a constant threat for Kelly by far their, their kind of best player, to be honest. Now, we've been linked with signing him recently and taking out the fact that both Alfie and Borna would probably poleax him in his first training session. <laughs> is he a player that you've been impressed by and do you think maybe he's worth a punt? Well, he certainly had me watching the game uh, through my fingers the other night and the early, the early part uh, is I think it's three corners come on at one in the first yeah. six minutes after... after he had that shot as well. I Aye, and I think he took two of the corners for the right hand side, so he can't take corners for both sides. So that's a that's a a, a demerit straight away. Um, but I he's uh, put in a couple of cracking corners and he scored from the the second one that he took. And yeah, he was giving us a hard time uh, down that side. Uh, Ryan Kent had to take him out, and uh, Ryan Kent copped his, yeah. his yellow card for for fouling him. Cracking player. I'd need to see more of him. Uh, Brian, I really, I really, would really need to see more of him. We're going to McDermott Park tomorrow. It could be another. I'm just thinking Michael Halloran. One of the guys who has a, a cracking game uh, against Rangers, you know. But um no, it's, uh, it turns out that's the only kind of time he wants to play, you know. I was thinking Jordan Jones, he always he always Jordan, that kind I, of game against I'd even better example why Rugby Park. Yeah. That, yeah. that's what so, kinda kinda came he, my mind. Even when he was signing for us, there's no score against us after he'd actually he signed yes, a free contract, yes. you know. Aye, brilliant. And then uh, but he got himself sent off against Celtic, so he must be a real Rangers man, eh? Aye, no, um, I, I, I would need to see more of him, Brian, but I certainly impressive the other night. And even, what age is he? I forgot to check it. I don't, I don't he's 25, so not uh, young, young. He's kind of in that, he's probably well, still got a couple of his peak years ahead of him, but he's not that's... so young that we could keep him for a couple of years and sell him for Aye. a profit, so maybe... I know, I'm, I'm thinking more a case of, I, I, despite what Derek McInnes was saying, it was a ridiculous, I thought it was a straight red. You know, I know it's yeah, a second yeah. yellow he went off for, but it's a four-arm smash into a yeah, guy. He obviously hasn't read about Bordner's family history, has he? Exactly, exactly. You know, we, we might not see him again. You know, maybe you know, there'll be nothing left to sign if you know what I mean. You know, if he does that to Borna again, um, but I think that he's getting a bit too old for that kind of petulance because that's what it was. You know, dangerous yeah. petulance as well. It's the kind of stuff we lambast uh, Alfredo for. So, um, I know maybe maybe a bit getting a bit too old for us to take a punt on. But I need to see more of him. But he definitely had a good game the other night. Yeah, despite playing well better on the second half, we still managed to concede. For me, what was an entirely preventable goal? Long ball into the box, which neither Davis or Barisic dealt with. And to be fair, he right, it was some finish. But what concerns me more is the number and the quality of chances that we are giving oppositions. So this is another area for you that Bill needs to address in the coming weeks and months. I know he's kind of spoken about this again in his presser today. He said we need to stop giving away stupid fills in our half and things like that. Um, yeah, this is kind of another area where he's, he's really got to focus in on in training. Aye, it was kind of horrible to, to Adam, wasn't he? In the, the press when Adam asked him about that. I thought it was about yeah. order. You know, I, I don't really know Adam personally, I just, uh, maybe through Twitter or whatever, but uh, I know he's been on Jersey night and he seems like a lovely guy. You know, so I thought I felt a bit sorry for him today. That was that was uh, you get the kind of sewer treatment uh, for, for Michael there for asking the question that like we're all asking, like you're asking right now. Um what's that? Eight competitive games in charge and we've conceded two goals in four of those games. You know, yeah. half of those games. So that that, that is a worry. We can't. The, the the problem we have just now um, with the Michael Beale run um, it seems really spoiled. Seems really uh, ungrateful to to be complaining when you've only dropped points in in one of his eight games in charge. You know, or one of them was a league, was a was a cup game, obviously. But you think we can't keep going on like this? We can't. We've also fallen behind in four of those games, half of those games, and you can't keep recovering. Um, when you're when you're losing the first goal, we're managing it just now, but it's going to we're either going to give somebody a total pasting and keep a clean sheet, 
or it's going to we're going to drop points. We're going to get put out a cup, for example. It's going to go badly at some point. So, you know, it's got to go one way or the other. And if we keep conceding these goals, you're absolutely right. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be the worst scenario. I think. I think the part, of, and I think you mentioned this today, Bill. Keep attacking. You know, get a midfield that's not going to let the ball get to that position. And he's right. What he's saying: stop conceding these fouls that are letting the ball come into the box. I mean, Tillman did it for that goal you're talking yeah. about for the command yeah. second goal but he also did it you know um, when it was like 30 seconds of you know injury time to go like 92 and yeah. a half minutes and we're up the, other, the amount of times we are not just under Michael Beale not just under Gio just for the last since we come back up into top flight the number of times we've been winning a game by a goal and we have the ball up the opposition end of the park when the clock hits the end of injury time and we still see <laughs> chances at the Rangers end um, before the final whistle was blown that the other night was giving me heart attacks uh, the, the way we ended yeah. that game the, yeah. the other night yeah. um, and, and, and Bill was saying it's coming from us giving away stupid fills and allowing set pieces but I think to balance that out we have to be grateful that it is set pieces are the only problem I mean set pieces are something you can work on the McLaughlin thing didn't work the other night and that might be a case of we're not giving a keeper a chance to settle in pick McLaughlin or McGregor, but I've gone yeah. from thinking I don't want Robbie McCrory getting a chance this season because we, sh- we shouldn't be giving an untested kid. You know, I know he played that old firm game there and, and, and he kicked a clean sheet, but somebody who hasn't played for like basically a year and a half, we shouldn't be trying him out in games this season where we hope to be competing right to the end of it. But I've come full circle on that after having watched the last two goalkeeper performances for Rangers. Yeah. Get Robbie McCrory yeah. in there because he couldn't do any worse. But it might be because McGregor and McLaughlin aren't getting a chance, but McLaughlin was in the other night to command his box. He got let down, I think, by centre-halves as well, particularly uh, Davis. They just couldn't seem to get off the ground, but it was awful. It was an absolute calamity, the first goal and that second goal. Um, the, the fact that we couldn't clear the ball, we couldn't win the the, the, the first header. You know, I, It wasn't actually directly from the free kick. It got worked around the park a bit, but when it, it, it got floated in basically like a, a set piece and all the big players for Kilmarnock were up there waiting for it and we couldn't deal with it. So it is a massive concern, but uh, I'm looking for more from centre-halves as well. But I think, I think it will come. Yeah, back to cup action um, for Rangers on Saturday. We've got a trip to Perth in the Scottish Cup. St Johnston, not in the best of form of late. I had a look um, earlier today at their kind of recent run. Only one win in the last five domestically. But I mean, we know what to expect in terms of how Callum Davidson sets his sides up to play against us. It will be kind of compact and defense- defensive. We'll need to break them down. Do you see this as a potential banana skin given the extra significance the Cups have taken on this season with the league not going how we'd hoped so far? Uh, oh, it's, it's, it's absolutely massive. Um, I think also when you when you look at look at the scenario, we've got, we've got St. Johnson again in the league in our next game. It's like an, a, you know, a, at home. Yeah. It's a reversal of what happened yeah. the last time we played them. You know, we had them in the, the league at McDermott on the, the Wednesday night. Uh, we put out a kind of weakened team and we ended up losing an equaliser with the last the last kick of the ball. Didn't matter, the, the title was uh, in the bag for, for, for so long during the 55 season, so early. But at that point, we were chasing the defensive record and we were trying to keep our unbeaten records, you know, to keep that going to the end of the season. So it was a it was a bugger, that game. And St. Johnson, I think, were in much the same situation. You know, the only clint in that season during 55, they only clinched a top, a top six spot one goal difference in the last the last day of the season. They've been kind of struggling against relegation while winning both cups. Um, quite amazing. And I think just now they're for the eighth. They've had some good wins. The best one being against ourselves. Um, the last game yeah. Rangers lost was at McDermott. 
and McDermott Park is becoming one of the places um, that it used to be, as I was saying to you beforehand, the first time McDermott Park comes into your consciousness, we are thinking back as a Rangers fan of my age, is uh, Stefan Givarsh, a World Cup winner, making his debut there um, on a Sunday night, and we win 7 nothing in the league. It was never a problem, McDermott, but it's become, well, it's particularly during the Gerrard era as well, it crept in with a two-weeks drop there, and then a struggling win last season, with to come back from behind, you know, again, problems with our goalkeeper, my centre-halves letting O'Halloran in to score, but, you know, a Tav wonder goal, and eventually we pull it back. This season, we couldn't pull it back despite having 200 corners uh, in the first five minutes. So, I think the other thing with St. Johnson is they're going to, I mean, if, if you watch the highlights of their game, they get beat by Livingston, put four past them last week. Uh, I think Livingston were 3 nothing up at half time against them uh, last week in the league at McDermott, and they were getting booed. They were getting booed from the first minute. Well, the first goal they conceded, they were getting booed off the park at half time, booed off the park at full time. So, they've got a boycott going on tomorrow, obviously, because the price of tickets. Ten years ago, almost the day, Rangers were on Tayside and it was us that were boycotting the Scottish Cup match uh, yeah. at Tanadice. Our support wasn't turning up for that one. I think it's going to, it's a situation reversed tomorrow. We've got three sides of the stadium, but I don't think St. Johnson are going to be particularly bothered because their own fans have been hating them recently. So that'll, that'll let them off. They might actually enjoy going out into a game where they've got, they've got nothing to lose. Um, so we really need to watch ourselves. We really need to be honest. And we really need this Scottish Cup. We really need a run. We don't need to be going out of this just now. We don't need to be... Um, halting the Michael Beale run. This isn't like we're going to Parkhead, you know, and we might lose and go out the Scottish Cup and end the Michael Beale run of unbeaten games, uh, but we can still kind of accept it. We can still kind of you know, take some positives. This would be a wee bit of a disaster, so we need to be on it. Yeah, definitely. Now, I think due to kind of injuries, I don't think Beale's got too many options in terms of rotating the squad. Um, what do you? What are your thoughts in terms of how you expect this to to line up? Do you expect any surprises, or do you think you kind of go with the kind of tried and trusted? because right, it doesn't matter what happens in goals now; it can't be a surprise anymore. It'll be, it'll be yeah. a surprise if there's not a surprise in goals, you know. So I'm I'm no I'm not worrying about that. Um, but I think no, I, I, Ryan Jack. I would like to see him back, obviously, massive Ryan Jack fan, but it's, I was saying this earlier today, it was like a, a, a mud bath at Hamden in the League Cup. Midweek, we're playing like a frozen plastic bouncy castle at, at, yeah. at Rugby Park. Tomorrow it's a sandpit. Another thing I noticed last week, um, I think Beale alluded to it today, was the amount of sand on the park uh, at McDermott. So in this weather, if it's hard and it's dry, there's not a lot of give. Maybe Ryan Jack doesn't get a start in that either. You know, maybe there's not enough yeah. give. For the injury that he's coming back from, um, but if if Tony's back, that's a big Tony, like he's uh, you know everybody's best mate in like an American yeah. sitcom, setting a local bar, you know, hey Tony's back. Uh, I don't think he'll be starting. He's obviously going to come off the bench if anything, and uh, Bill more or less confirmed that today. Um, I don't know how, but if, if it's if it's okay for him to be risked possibly in that pitch, I, I think Ryan Jack would be okay. So yeah, I'm again, I'm going to go. Well, the starting eleven from Hamden. Basically, would do for me, mate. Yeah, um, I agree. Yep. Now, I think we'll finish up on some uh, chat about every football fan's favourite time in the season, and that's the transfer window. Um, so far, at the time of recording, Rangers are yet to officially make any significant signings in this window. But three players who have been heavily linked with social media is to believe this Morgan Whitaker of Swansea, Nicholas Raskin of Standard Liege, and Todd Cantwell of. Norwich City and every football fan's favourite transfer source 
Remember at Sigurd Romano going as far as saying a deal for Cadwell has now been agreed and he expected it would be completed in the coming days. And I think Jordan Athletic and the um, Jordan Campbell in the Athletic has also kind of put out a similar story. Um, are these the types of players that you think the squad needs to provide that freshness that was spoken about previously? Aye. Yeah, I mean, well, two of them anyway. Um, Raskin, I mean, that's... That, don't really know anything about him, but that sounds that's that's what you want from a kind of pugnacious midfielder. A Raskin, it sounds like you know he was Raskin about the midfield, you know, it's kind of <laughs> nominative determinism, you know, about onomatopoeia there. He sounds he just even his name sounds like the business. Um, from the the few stats I could understand from the uh, the likes of our good friend uh, Patrick Caskey, an old man like me who's kind of trying to break down his charts and what have you. It's it just it seems like he's he puts himself about. He's a great central uh, central midfielder, defensive midfielder, full of energy. Um, and I think yeah, we, we definitely we definitely need that because that's we have struggled at times in there. Um, John Lundstrom's been having the best uh, of, of of seasons. It's been up and down. I know he's been carrying injury as well, but you can you can see it at times that we need a bit more in there. We need a bit more energy. We need a bit more. You know, my favourite word, bampot today. We need to get you know a bampot in there. Um, is <laughs> He came on for twenty minutes against us when we played Standard Liège at Ibrox. As Beale himself was saying, he didn't, he didn't play uh, in 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 Liège in the the first game in that Europa League group stage a couple of seasons ago. Um, but Standard Liège were great that night at Ibrox, even though we ultimately beat them. But he was the, the first of the kind of tactical subs that night. So um, he knows Ibrox. He knows the situation. You know, I think the whole of Europe will will. You know, I hope they haven't watched my Champions League campaign, but they'll see the, the Europa League and what a great place it is to play. So. Standard Liège, the the Belgian league in general, it's a it's a it's a hard school, it's a hard league, it's it's a good level, a really yeah. good level. Um, and if he's surviving in there and thriving in there, then I'm quite surprised that we're actually getting them. I think the word from the the transfer experts is that it was you know it was going to be Glenn Kamara was getting released in the summer and we're targeting uh, Raskin. So hopefully there's already been communication, and if, if it sounds like he's coming, then I'm I'm really excited about that one. Uh, your man Todd Cantwell. Oh, beautiful, beautiful blonde-haired boy, you know. Um, I just, I just, but that's really all I think. Oh yeah, I remember he scored against Man City, you know. Um, and I'm thinking, but was that no two, two years ago? And there was that there was a fellow in the Rangers review, a, a, a Norwich uh, pod the other day. I didn't get a chance to listen to the whole thing. Um, I really should have because I just, I don't know anything about him so far. I, all the, the main thing I remember about um, Todd Cantwell is his hair. That is that is that is it. So yeah. he looks like a flair player. You know, he dresses like a flair player. He's got flair, but I just don't know. You're thinking if you can't get a game at, at Norwich, Norwich surplus to requirements there when they're uh, kind of not doing so well. Uh, I don't know if he's going to make the grade at Rangers, but I don't think Michael Beale uh, is short on knowledge when it comes to when it comes to signing targets. I think he'll he'll have it all worked out. So I hope he's just going to come and provide something. It's just that's more that's more a case of we need new bodies. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I'm just happy to see him arrive. I know nothing about him. Um, whereas I, I like the sound of um, Morgan Whitaker at Swansea. Well, he's, he's he's not really played for Swansea. That's a, that's the problem. But he's yeah. he basically put Plymouth Argyle top of the league by the sounds of things. Uh, Nine, eleven goals or something. Thirty odd games a season. Uh, seven assists. They sold him for about, they, they bought him for about seven hundred thousand two years ago. I've got a, a Welsh friend, uh, Hugh. He was um, sending me some kind of. A wee article about him earlier on tonight, and it looks like there's a there's a bidding war going on. You know, kind of he's <laughs> our old pal uh, Russell Martin's. You know, I might play him if I play him tomorrow. Yeah. That's it. You can't get him. So I think um, 
with the Rangers game kicking off at half five, we're going to have somebody, you know, in, in the Liberty Stadium or whatever. No, it's QPR. They're playing QPR of all teams uh, at Loftus Road. Uh, just saying, he, he's getting his socks on. You know, he's he's warming up. Does he look like he's coming? <laughs> right. Okay, it's 200,000. Apparently, they're wanting three million. They're asking three million. We've bid one and a half. You know, but surely, surely two million, even one point seven five will probably do it. You know, so when he gets the when he gets the high vis vest off, you know, and he starts taking the training top off, you know, the minute you see him in that wee training bra thing, up it to two million in, in his hours. But he sounds like an option. He sounds like somebody I'd be, I would be quite uh, interested to see. Um, but I think I we, we definitely freshening up, and uh, it's a strange thing. Bill keeps talking about how we need players to compete with each other and somebody competing for every position, but he also wants a settled team as well. So. It's a uh, mixed messages from Mick, but um, aye, we, we need to get a few players in, mate. I think that's I think that's obvious. Yeah, you know, definitely. All three kind of sound like they could be really exciting additions. And one other thing that kind of came out of the press conference was Kemal Roof confirmed another injury four weeks on the sideline with shoulder injury, no surgery required. Yeah, but are we getting to the point where Roof, where maybe a decision needs to be made if we keep him beyond the summer? I think he's still got one year left in his contract um, beyond the summer. As good as he is when he's fit, we can't keep someone on kind of his reported salary who, who isn't really fit all that often. You know, I feel for the lad, it's not it's not his fault. I'm not here to blame him or anything. But is it time for Rangers to maybe think of themselves a bit and just kind of think at the end of the day we need players that can contribute? Yeah, it absolutely is. And, but I hope we don't. I just keep him, keep Kamar Roof forever. I don't. I, I just keep gambling, keep keep throwing away the money. He's that he's that expensive car. You don't, you know, it's too big an engine and all that. You don't need it. You know, and obviously it's, it's breaking down and whatever. Uh, you know, if I knew more about cars, I could do a better analogy, a better metaphor for that. But it's it, he's so good. I mean, he's come on for five minutes and put us in a cup final. You know, it, it, yeah. as I was saying last week, mate, if he'd been on for another minute, he would have won as the, the European. He won as the Europa League, you know, if he'd been fit for a minute longer in that game, it's he's so good, you know. And we've got a lot of players like that, you know, a few players like that. They just even the new arrivals, you know, Suter. We've never really heard of John Suter apart from that day at Livingston. Um and I think we knew Suter's history when we brought him in. I'm saying we need to keep Alfie and get rid of other people. I'm saying we need to keep Ryan Kent and if we have to get rid of other people. I'm saying now Kamar Roof. I'm not actually naming who I want to get rid of because I want to keep everybody. I'm a hoarder by nature. Um, um, as soon as you've put in a Rangers shot, as soon as you've done, done one good thing for Rangers, um, I'm like, I'm on your side. You know, uh, I find it very hard to get rid of. I think it's only Joey Barton and Ian Black are the only two players I've actively disliked from the moment they arrived to the moment they left. You know, they've never won me over. Um, and, I, and I basically hated seeing them in Rangers jerseys. But uh, as soon as you get involved in Rangers, I, I'm a total sap for that kind of thing. I am, I'm totally on side. Um, as soon as you do something good for us, but I, I think we should keep Kamar. I think you just, just keep gambling on him. I don't care if we're spare money anywhere. Have a whip round. I'll put a couple of pound in, you know, keep Kamar Roof because he's, and I just think we come on in that quarter final against Braga. It's almost becoming a thing. It's like, it's like a big, you know, Celtic have their asterisks over the title. We've got this kind of asterisks over first team. That's no bad, I we're okay. We, we look like we could do the business. Asterix, Kamar Roof might be fit. We would definitely win that game. Keep him. Keep the Asterix. Yeah. You know, keep Kamar Roof. I, I, I don't want to get rid of him, but I think common sense, even just common sense tells us we should, but sometimes you've got to kind of horrible, horrible, horrible corporate phase. Yeah, no. Think outside the box, but Kamar Roof is our outside the box. Keep him because he's so good. That game against Braga, then the Thursday night, then against you know Celtic at Hamden. It was 
magic, you know. Yeah. Um, no, we need to keep him as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I get your point. Right, now, I could probably say I've all ever and talk to you about uh, Rangers, Alex, but I think we'll call it time there. Uh, massive thanks. Um, great insight, as always. Um, as we always pleasure, say, guys, mate. as we always say, guys, we're live tonight, but the show will be available on all your usual podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, and we would ask that you leave us a rating on your preferred podcasting app, and the pod will be back in our usual Sunday evening slot to look back at all the action from McDermott Park. Until next time, guys, bye for now.